Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com slash US slash engineering advantage. I think we can all agree the current political moment is fraud. But how does it compare to the other fraud political moments in history? It felt for a time in part of that decade like everything was falling apart. Young people against old people, anti-war violence, peace movement. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and this week, presidential historian Doris Kearns Goodwin joins me on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet. We talk about difficult times in America's history and how its people overcame them. The episode is out now. Search and follow Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. everyone from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party, and I'm Martha Stewart. Just kidding. I'm not even close to being Martha Stewart. This is On with Kara Swisher, and I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Naeem Araza, and I guess today I'm Snoop Dogg? I don't think so. <laughs> Can I be P. Diddy? No. And Araza? No. No. Anyways, here we are. We are sitting in Martha Stewart's grand estate. Yes, we are. It Let's is grand. set the scene a little bit. Okay, the scene is we come in, we get taken in another vehicle throughout the estate. There's chickens, there's peacocks. There's horses. There's horses. There's, there's stables. There's so many beautiful gardens she does not and disappoint. trees. She has... It's beautiful. It's, and we're in a guest house, which I would actually retire in for the rest of my life. And there's a giant copper pot, which is the size of you, actually. The size I get in the copper it's actually That's perfectly the size of you. I'm not leaving here. She could cook us into chili in she, that she thing might if the interview gets it too would, tough. And it would be delicious. And so we're here because she invited us up here. She has her own podcast, and so she has podcast facilities. We've done what's known as a podcast trade. We're, trade. She's kind of, it's not really a trade, but Kara taped with her yesterday. On in, her podcast. On her podcast in Manhattan. And then today we came up here to tape our podcast. And of course we said yes immediately. Yeah. Because, I mean, and come on. They were like, do you want to do both in New York? We're like, no, we need no. to come up here. <laughs> Bedford, yeah. We'll and then we will never leave. Right, exactly. We're so, here forever. So anyway, the so. reason we want to talk about Martha Stewart is because one, she's had a real renaissance again. Again, it's the 20th renaissance of Martha Stewart yes. with this cover of Sports Illustrated. She's Age old, 81. 81. She's the oldest person to be on the cover. She looks fantastic. Yeah. I've known Martha for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've always found her fascinating and intriguing as an entrepreneur, as a media figure, as someone who's very open to ideas, someone who has had a lot of setbacks mm -hmm. and yet has sort of survived and thrived. I've always been fascinated by her. I mean, someone who started as a model and someone who worked in finance a bit mm -hmm. to really the first lifestyle influencer, she the is. first kind of creator of the home category, mm -hmm. and then to an entrepreneur who's in everything from CBD mm -hmm. to NFTs. Mm -hmm. She's constantly reinvented herself. She never says no to things. I met her at a party at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show that Bill Gates had, like yeah. last place I'd run into Martha Stewart. And since then, she came to my conferences, and she's always called me with questions about tech, mm -hmm. been very interested in the whole category, and has used it really well. And very few media entrepreneurs did that. By the way, that's like her meeting you in 
I don't know, some makeup aisle. Makeup aisle, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> She'd be like, what the fuck what are you, you doing, doing here, Kara right. Yeah, no, yeah. It was an unusual but, thing. But then immediately you understood uh, that she had a sense of humor about herself. She mm-hmm. was able to make fun of herself. And at the same time, she was willing to learn. And I cannot think of anybody else who has been like this in media. Just a few people. Barry Diller is one. Mm-hmm. Bob Iger is another. But more than anyone who leaped feet first into whatever tech trend happened, yeah. she did. And Barry didn't put himself out there like her. No, I mean, no. He has a very, I've been to Barry's house, very nice house, I gotta okay. say. All right. Let's the, just go to rich people's houses. It's <laughs> our show. It's not the show. Yeah. Um, and then make them mad at us and yeah. we go out in the copper pot. Yeah. But she's what we call an early adopter. And she mm-hmm. told me yesterday that she loved going to your conference because she learned so much from you and Walt. Mm-hmm. And this was in the 2000s, 2010s. Mm-hmm. And she said the only conferences she missed were yours and Teddy Forsman's. Oh, well, those were both great conferences. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I like, I like someone who wants to learn. And she mm-hmm. was always willing to learn about things and ask questions. And that, yeah. she asked great questions. And I love attendees that get into what we're doing. And mm-hmm. she was one of those people. So. One of the critiques of Martha over time has been mm-hmm. that she's created this high bar that women can't yeah. actually achieve, this perfection, mm-hmm. this very difficult sure. to achieve life. And you know, she's stands yes. by that perfection. Yeah, she does. And even now, you know, she's obviously been prolific for the Sports Illustrated cover, but even recent weeks, she gave an interview to Footwear News where mm-hmm. she said, America would go down the drain if people don't go back to work. And Yeah, we'll ask her about that. Yeah, yeah. we'll ask her about but that. But she's That's willing spicy. to do that. Very few people are willing to speak their mind. She works all the time, and I think she doesn't understand why people don't work all the time. She does, in this new era, have to understand why others yeah. don't want to work, but she doesn't have to work with them. So yeah. She uh, said in that interview, she'd be able to call anyone all the time, even on weekends. Yeah. And and after one of the new employees didn't take her call on a Sunday yeah. because they were taking a bath, she said, well, I couldn't work with that person. Yeah. So we're going to ask her about that. <laughs> ask her about that. Yeah. She's got and a she, lot of flack. And she's very resilient because she has had these setbacks in her career. And one was that um, back in 2004, she was charged with obstruction and served some jail time. Yeah. Lying to the FBI. Yeah. She lied to the lying. FBI. And she admits that she lied. Yeah. And you can't lie to the FBI. I can't imagine going from a house like this to prison. She did it. But if you went to prison and then you ended up at a house like this. That's true. There you go. (laughs) That's the better way to do it. Anyways, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Martha Stewart. And that we're also going to take her bowls before we go, right? Yeah, we'll take her bowls. We'll take her bowls. Should we take some cooking books? Cooking books. What else should we take from here? The coffee seat is nice. I want her to adopt me. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) More likely me. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. People say perfect is the enemy of good, but simple is everyone's best friend. Because when something is simple and easy, it tends to work out for the best. And NetSuite wants to provide products and services tailor-made for your business. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash on, netsuite.com slash on, netsuite.com slash on. Support for this show comes from Virgin Atlantic. 
Travel can be stressful. I don't think that's a controversial take. Sure, we all love taking a vacation and that moment we finally get a chance to relax, but we're always so focused on the destination that the journey just feels like a means to an end. Well, what if it wasn't? What if the time you spent getting there was just as enjoyable as the vacation itself? That's what Virgin Atlantic believes. That's why they offer loads of special extra touches that make your trip one to remember for all the best reasons. Picture this, you've made it to the airport, checked in your bags, and finally have a moment to settle in before takeoff. If you're flying upper class, you could be putting your feet up in a Virgin Atlantic clubhouse at London Heathrow with food made fresh to order and champagne delivered straight to your table with a tap of a QR code. I mean, it's rude not to, right? Once you're in the air, the experience continues with deliciously different dining, seriously comfy seats, and the best crew in the sky by miles. Check out virginatlantic.com for your next trip and see the world differently. All right, so we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Are you ready? Yep. Cool. Thank you for doing this. I wanted to start with how you and I got to know each other, uh, which was at my old conference, the Code Conference, and before that, All Things Digital Conference. You were an attendee every year, and you showed up, and you sat in the second row and took notes, in the first row, excuse me, and took notes. And you sat next to whoever owned the company at the time. One time you were sitting next to Rupert, before the owners, before. Explain to me why you were there. Well, why did you come? Well, I was I was operating a company, Martha mm-hmm. Stewart Living Omnimedia, mm-hmm. and I had to know about technology. I had to know about what was going on. I was very curious about what was going on in the in that world. And your conference afforded me the best best picture into what was happening then and what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was so pleased with that conference. I I really insisted every year to go. I had to make room on my schedule and go down to Southern California to uh, attend. And and I really loved it. I mm-hmm. loved it. And I would go with a friend or two mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and sit in on every single session. One of the early things, the memory we talked about when I was on your podcast, um, is how you grilled uh, Sony CEO Howard Stringer about too many cords. You were pissed about cords and you pulled out a bag well, full I, of I, a tangle of cords. Oh, but it was these were the chargers that mm-hmm. each device had its own particular charger. And you had to have that one because you couldn't charge it any other way. And mm-hmm. I really did have to carry I had a camera. I had a, a, a phone. Yeah, you outlined this. All. I had you a phone. I had the computer. The I had my laptop. I had this. I had that. It was like crazy mm-hmm. uh, how many cords I had, and everybody laughed. I remember the audience was in hysterics, laughing mm-hmm. at this whole thing. But it was memorable mm-hmm. because that was one of the ways that all these companies actually became profitable immediately. Right. Make you were pointing out that oh, they yes. were greedy and yes. they were they were inconveniencing the consumer. Essentially, right. they didn't care. They didn't care. And so one of the things that I think people surprised. I actually met you before that, and it was at CES, which is the Consumer Electronics Show, where you showed up um, at a party that Bill Gates threw. And then you just popped into the party, and we, all of us technology reporters are like, what is Martha Stewart doing here? Um, you had been super involved with that, and you went to that also. Oh, I did. And, yeah. uh, and Bill Gates had that wonderful conference at his house, mm-hmm. the CEO conference. Yeah, I didn't get invited to that, Martha. Uh, well, you weren't a CEO. You yeah, had to I guess. be a CEO. <laughs> okay. And that was really high-end uh-huh. uh, in his own beautiful home on Lake Washington, mm-hmm. uh, on, Bill- on Bellevue um, in Seattle. And uh, I loved going to that and looking at his house and 
we had tours through the house and through mm-hmm. his amazing mm-hmm. library. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember him showing us the walls. Um, mm-hmm. It had been designed by a friend of mine, Terry Despont, his house. And Terry designed 12-foot corridors in between all the rooms. These were walls, hollow walls, mm-hmm. in which they could run all the fibers mm-hmm. and all the all the cables. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, with this is pretty wireless right can you imagine i I mean how cat five cat six yes it's so crazy when i think back on what i saw Mm -hmm. and how it was being developed that house was famous for that yeah and he had um another thing that was really interesting frames called the frame Mm -hmm. samsung now sells a tv which is called the frame Mm -hmm. and you can uh reflect in that frame anything you want any piece of art Mm -hmm. and they have a whole library of art that they've licensed you know Mm -hmm. from picasso's to Mm -hmm. to Chagall's to anybody. But in those days, he actually did uh, display his art on TVs. On TVs. Instead, they kept keep them somewhere else. Yes. Keep the actual art. Yeah. That's interesting. So, you know, it's interesting because you had an enthusiasm for it, not just as a, a you're kind of a geek, a closet geek in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think I am. Yeah. I think I am. I, I remember buying my first computer in 1982. I mm-hmm. went to the IBM store on 57th and Madison. There was mm-hmm. an IBM store there. Mm-hmm. And they showed me this little tiny computer. IBM PC, yeah. That's it. And then a big, big um, unit to put mm-hmm. under the table. The desk, yeah. And you had to buy the table mm-hmm. because it had a little hole in it in which the PC sat. Right. And I, I put it up in my studio in, in Westport, Connecticut. And I hired my friend, Mariana. Mm-hmm. She was a software designer, and she, she lived down the street from Romania. Mm-hmm. And she um, she taught me how to use the computer and, and showed me a lot of the things that it could do for, mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. We were using it basically for bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. But boy, I just thought, this is so fabulous. And you've tried everything. And one of the things, you also were very early to Twitter. Um, I joined in 2007. You joined in 2009, which was very early. It was more than a year before Elon, by the way way. Um, I had a lot a hard time convincing anyone uh, at least well-known or in media to join Twitter. At the time, I was like, you've got to get on this. Oh, I loved it because I was out selling ads all the time for mm-hmm. the magazine. Mm-hmm. And so I would, before I went into a client, like I went out to General Motors, and I took surveys on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you instantaneous, instant, how many of you drive a Suburban? Mm-hmm. And I would get back thousands of answers. Mm-hmm. And what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? I remember doing it with um, Kroger's, I think, grocery mm-hmm. stores. And, you know, what do you buy there? What's specific? Specifically, do you like about it? Mm-hmm. Whole Foods, I did it for Whole Foods early on. But it was an instant survey and probably very accurate. And people were responding mm-hmm. and they had the time to do it mm-hmm. and they were responding and oh, the clients loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure they all adopted to it as a sure. as a research tool also. Right. For me, it was a research tool. I, I could also, and I also loved the 180 uh, letters. Remember, that's all you could have. 140. 140? Oh, yeah. I can't remember now. Now but, you can have 280. But, oh, yeah. 280. Okay, it was 140. And I had to write recipes in uh-huh. 140 characters. Right. And that was such a great challenge. Uh-huh. And I did it. Yeah. And people loved it. So uh, I used it, yes. You used it a lot. And you actually, back then, you said you loved it so much more than Facebook, which you also employed yes. a lot. And you got a complaint from a Facebook executive about your comments on Twitter. <laughs> Who was the executive? It's got to be Cheryl. Uh, it, was probably, it was probably Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah, yes, she, it probably was. She, uh, Sounds like She Cheryl. was very outspoken, but yeah. I, I love her. I just thought she did an amazing 
amazing job when she was at Facebook. <laughs> I remember visiting out there, seeing her little desk next to next to Mark's little desk. <laughs> I mean, they, it was a cozy kind of corporate office. It was, it was indeed. And uh, but it was a, a very interesting uh, time. I, I greatly admire all those people <laughs> because they did do so much <laughs> to change the world. And so you were a big Twitter user. Um, you're not as big a Twitter user now. No. And you sold the stock, correct? I did at, at Elon's high price of $54.35 or whatever it was. I'll take, your, I'll take your money. I'll take your offer. Yeah. And uh, and it was uh, so, so Why did strange. you sell it then? Uh, well, you didn't believe in his I, dream? No, I, I didn't I didn't actually like what he was doing. I'm not happy that he bought Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not. I don't think he's the, the right person to own a, a, a fabulous company like Twitter, mm-hmm. a wonderful communications vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't. And, and, Why? And, well, and, and I've been proven right mm-hmm. since because yes, of have. the things he said, the things he, pr- he promotes. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea he was so conservative mm-hmm. in, his, in his views. Who, who's the right person to lead? To lead, Besides Martha Stewart, <laughs> to lead Twitter <laughs> to at this it. present time, uh, I have to. I have to really think about that. I, yeah. I just, I just don't like it the way it is. So, what do you use now? What well, do you I think communicate is- a lot by uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think Instagram has done a rather good job, except for the bots that are attacking mm-hmm. my posts every single day. Oh, really? Oh, right. I have a lot of bots, mm-hmm. and I do not like them. What at do they all. do? Well, it's money bots. Oh, oh, Adrian is the most fabulous person I ever did know, and she's made me so much money. Oh, okay. You know, those things. They just come on thousands of them. Well, I want to see who's responding to my post. I don't read every single post, but then Mm -hmm. I see that. I try to delete all of them. There's no Mm -hmm. way to delete them. So I I did. I can see Martha Stewart next to her giant fireplace. No, no, darling. I'm not not going to be able to do that. But I I also, I have an argument with uh, Instagram right now. The number of users on my Instagram has not increased. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it increased like two hundred thousand in the last three or four years. Yeah, to only one point eight million. Yeah. I'm much more popular, so right. something's wrong with my numbers. Maybe, right. maybe this podcast will get Instagram to. Maybe to, I will speak to them directly. <laughs> but do you use TikTok? Or have you used? I, mean, I do you, use TikTok. I I met the original marketer of TikTok, mm-hmm. and he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He invited me to a lunch out in California, mm-hmm. and I went to meet him. And he he showed me the ropes for TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I had been in China. Watching the TikTokers mm-hmm. create those the TikToks early on, and I just thought it was a fabulous, a fabulous platform, mm-hmm. and uh, for good video, for good information, and um, and I still think that. And you do them yourself. I do, yes, mm-hmm. I do, and uh, and we put together a few for, at, at the company, mm-hmm. but it's a good way to advertise, and it's also a very good way to make money mm-hmm. because uh, I get paid for some of the posts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a, a campaign for Clay de Poe um, Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, so you're like Kim Kardashian. We here. did fabulously. You're a Kardashian, oh, I am. I'm a junior Kardashian. <laughs> okay, I think uh, but we we did. We got so much attention, and we won best campaign of the year mm-hmm. um, for uh, for that for that TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a series of TikToks. You seem to en- enjoy the format. You're an I influencer. Do, do you I consider do. yourself an influencer? I think. I think as well, some people have said, I'm one of the original, original influencers. The yeah. Yeah. So when you think about doing this. I'm curious, what drives you to do this? Well, the 
stuff that we create, the mm-hmm. content that we are making each mm-hmm. and every day is very valuable content. Mm-hmm. Everybody should know it, I think. Mm-hmm. It makes life easier. It makes the home homekeeping and homemaking mm-hmm. more, more wonderful. Uh, it might sound mindless or something, but it's not mindless. It mm-hmm. makes every day nicer. Mm-hmm. And so I want people to know that. And that's one reason that that I continue to uh, learn how to learn how to do things so that I can teach people how to do things. Mm-hmm. Every day I learn something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing a television program now on Roku, uh, three mm-hmm. three different categories. One is yeah, cooking. Yeah, you moved to another platform. Yeah, we did. And mm-hmm. it's a streaming platform, but it is free. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because one of the things is you yourself are an entrepreneur. You don't ever refer to yourself like that. No, but, but I am. I yeah. am an entrepreneur. I did something that no one had done before me. That's mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur. I created a lifestyle business focused uh, on uh, all kinds of media. I, I, my, my business plan was very curious and very nice. I had studied a lot of art and architecture, so my business plan, the original organization plan for the company, was the sun in the middle, which was content. Mm-hmm. Around the sun was first print, mm-hmm. because that's what we were doing in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Then around the print was media, mm-hmm. which was TV and and radio, whatever. Mm-hmm. Around that was omni-merchandising. Uh, mm-hmm. So anything emanating from the content through the media, mm-hmm. uh, media promoted all the kinds of things we were talking about, like a, a beautiful table. This is a Martha table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then merchandising made the table and sold it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all of that was incorporated into my beautiful, beautiful business plan. Your beautiful business plan. (laughs) Sounded like Trump. Oh, and you should, uh, no, but no, but it was beautiful. That's before Donald Trump adopted the word beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was beautiful because the last word I use in my my description of what we do Mm -hmm. in creating inspirational, informative, Mm -hmm. practical, and beautiful content. Mm -hmm. That's what I talk about. That's what you were trying to do. And talk about omnipotent. The media because at the time people made fun of you. Oh, they did. Oh. Calling it on, and I was like, no, no, everything is going to be everything media. Yes, you were and thinking it, of it in different terms. This was way it. back when, and I got and I got uh, upset with Time. Mm-hmm. Time was my publisher early on. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who actually agreed to do my magazine. Right. They let me have a certain percent of it, mm-hmm. and they, they were a partner. Mm-hmm. And they uh, did a very good job in in uh, distributing and, and printing my business. This is Martha magazine. Stewart Living. Yes, Martha Stewart Living, mm-hmm. which we started in uh, around. 1990, and um, but in within you know five years, they started to tell me, oh, we're going to put everything online mm-hmm. for free, and I said, you can't do it for free. Mm-hmm. Every single magazine that you have should be a subscription online. Mm-hmm. I had many arguments with them. Mm-hmm. Now this is an entrepreneur speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. They were not so entrepreneurial. No, they were not. Um, and uh, I went to a lot of meetings and sat in on a lot, and I kept arguing about it. Do not give away what you own, which you own, and make and, and make. Or everything do not. Has a price. Yes. Everything has a price. Yes, and that would have changed the whole subscriptions. You bet. Yeah, and it and it didn't. They didn't do it. They just went. you're comfortable with advertising. Huh? You're not. Oh, un- yes. You're not uncomfortable with advertising. Not at all. You thought content was worth paying for. I I absolutely still think mm-hmm. that. So one of the things one of the things I've admired about your career is that you've owned your own brand and business. Something I tried to do also. Um, Time Warner's. You said used to finance your magazine and media. You bought yourself out as early as 1997. Could you talk about the decision and why 
you realize well, owning a brand was important? Well, arguing with them about, first of all, the, the internet um, mm-hmm. and realizing so that— You're sick of arguing with them. Well, yeah, I know. And, and it was a pleasant pleasant experience being with Chime, by the way. Mm-hmm. They were they were okay guys. Mm-hmm. And and as I said, they really did okay help guys me. Okay guys and one lady, as I recall. Uh, yeah, one lady. <laughs> What's her name? They, they actually lady. let me let me produce a really beautiful magazine mm-hmm. in great quantity. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I had so much with this idea of merchandise and and you had uh, other everything. I had other fish, fish to fry. fry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why I wanted to buy back the magazine. We we uh, coordinated. Sharon Patrick was my uh, mm-hmm. my op- my president at the time. I was the CEO, and uh, and we came up with this plan to get a huge contract from Kmart, mm-hmm. uh, a merchandising contract, which turned out to be a phenomenal deal, mm-hmm. and um, and we were able to. I was able to pay time the what it was, $40 million or whatever it was, mm-hmm. I didn't even blink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was not a, a terribly wealthy woman at that time, but I went public, and then I mm-hmm. was a terribly wealthy woman at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So um, so those are the kinds of things that happened. Time was a big deal, like to walk away from time. Even then, it was pre-internet. It was pre- but I was an entrepreneur. Right. And I had to express myself in a different way, and mm-hmm. that really was the best way to do it. Best way to do it. Yes. Um, when you think about the control of your brand, which I think you have complete control, you eliminate gatekeepers. You are the gatekeeper. You I become, try. Yeah. And and also a deep relationship with your user, right, or your audience. Essentially, you yes. have a close relationship. They even if they don't like you, they know you, or they know of you, and they know they know everything about me. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. Mm-hmm. The fan base is huge mm-hmm. and interesting because mm-hmm. they are really intelligent people. Mm-hmm. Do you like a user generated content based on your content, or do you feel like you lose control of the brand, or do you care? No, no, I, you don't mind parodies of yourself either. No, I don't, and I and you can't. Mm-hmm. You you cannot you cannot fight those things. But mm-hmm. You have to sort of go along with the with the flow because mm-hmm. um, it makes you more likable. Mm-hmm. And if I fought every single thing, I'd probably be dead by now. But, right. But, but I, you can't. You can't. And and I just recently had a, a dinner with about twelve or fifteen serious Martha fans. Okay. And I sat and had a long dinner in in Westport, Connecticut. I did a speech at my old house for a mm-hmm. charity event, mm-hmm. and and people paid a lot of money to have dinner with me. Mm-hmm. They came from all over the country, and we sat and talked. They know. Every writer that I've ever used in the magazine, they know every story, they know every photograph, they know mm-hmm. every everything we've done, every product we've made. They mm-hmm. know everything. Mm-hmm. They could come in and be part of the company. Mm-hmm. They are that interested in what we have accomplished Cre- and made. So you, you have a respect for fans. It's interesting because many years ago I kept telling people fans are what everything's going to be about. And forward. the fan base is likes and fans huge. Yes, likes. Mm-hmm. If you don't get likes, what mm-hmm. what good are you? You know, mm-hmm. you better be liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and and it's uh, you know Donald Trump. He is he is a very big fan base. One of the things though is there's a lot of now lifestyle influencers everywhere. There's influencers on everything, makeup, oh, lifestyle, yes. etc. Is that a good or bad thing when any normal person can go? And when you see, you know, I think you know, say on in TikTok, there's a million creators or whatever. One percent of them are very good. How do you look at that? Is that a threat to someone like you, or not at all? Before you used to, there should be one Martha. Now there's yes. dozens. Oh, dozens. But but hundreds. Um, but 
not all of them know as much as I know. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them have done what I've done in the period of years that I've had uh, that I've been mm-hmm. working. Uh, but I learned from them too. I learned recently uh, a hack. They call them hacks mm-hmm. uh, about ripe avocados, mm-hmm. and I just did it on my show today. I just mm-hmm. talked about it, and I, I said it was a hack that I that I mm-hmm. saw. I'm, I'm not going to say it's my idea because mm-hmm. I didn't come up with it, but. Mm-hmm that I can use it and that you can use it is valuable. Yeah, absolutely. When you think you're, you're sh- we're going to get into the shift in your brand. Um, when you started off, you put an interview to elevate the job of homemaker. W- what do you imagine you're doing now? Are you elevating the job of who? Right now I am of, of anybody. Um, mm-hmm. It's anybody mm-hmm. because there are two male households. There are two female households. There mm-hmm. are male female households. There are binary yeah. households. Yeah. I don't know what they are anymore. Yeah. They all still need help. Mm-hmm. And I have this idea that maybe I should be. Why is there an Alexa? Mm-hmm. Why is there a uh, Hey Google? There mm-hmm. should be a Martha. Mm-hmm. Hi Martha. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I do this? This is Martha AI. That's that's coming. right. This is Martha AI, mm-hmm. and I'm working on that. Oh, you are. Oh yes. Okay. Because I have the content. I have. Oh, you've made a lot. Yeah, of you would be an LLM, wouldn't you? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm. I'm very. I'm very interested in doing that. Doing that. Yes. In- ingesting all your content into an LLM. In- yes. And then creating yes. a Martha AI. Yes. You want to work on it with me? Uh, no, but you should do it. No, you should do it. Where should I go? Where, oh, there's lots of places. I'll help you with that. Okay. I will tell you, you who to go to. Because I want to go to the right person because right. I don't I don't want to. I remember wanting to do this a long time ago. I Ingesting told, all your information. Yes. I went to Kleiner Perkins mm-hmm. and I wanted to do- This the, is an, a VC firm for people who don't know in yes, Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah. And they, they underwrote Jeff Bezos. They underwrote Google. They mm-hmm. underwrote a lot, a lot of, of the people, major, yeah. major stuff. Yeah. But they said it was too- too complicated. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not and, complicated. Well, it's not now. Yeah, I, I have some ideas. Um, but 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 in that case, you're you're aiming at everything because I think the knock on you back when was that this idea of it's too perfect, right? How do you look at that now? I laugh. Why? Because it wasn't too perfect. Mm-hmm. You do not want your teacher to give you misinformation. Okay. And so I didn't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be smart. I wanted to be, and one nephew, one nephew uh, Christopher, he counted how many times I said perfectly perfect in a show that I was doing. <laughs> and it was kind of embarrassing. So you didn't mind saying that. So, no, so what I didn't if this mind is hard? He said, you said it 23 times right, right. in an hour. And I, and I said, well, that's okay. That's my thing. Uh-huh. You know? And I laughed about it. Yeah. But I, I, I sort of toned it down a little bit. If my but you nephew, didn't mind the idea that this is hard to do, these expectations. Of, no. You didn't expect people to do it necessarily. No, I showing- did. I, I, I did want people to know how Everything is done. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there are a lot of people that would then be able to tell their housekeeper or mm-hmm. their husband or their wife how to do it mm-hmm. because they would know how to do it even if they couldn't do it themselves. I see. That's that's the whole it's, – it's much more complicated than you realize. It's mm-hmm. not me just saying this is the way you bake a cake. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can bake a cake. Mm-hmm. They just can't, Mm -hmm. but they can know that if it's made that way, it will be delicious and beautiful. I see. And you make no apologies for being perfect, so to speak. No. (laughs) Um, But one of the other things you've done is you confused and fascinated feminists throughout your career, which is I find really interesting. Um, In 2000, Joan Didion wrote a feature about you in the New Yorker, which I love. This quote it ends with the dreams and the fears into which Martha Stewart taps are not quote feminine domesticity, but of female power of a woman who sits at the table with the men and 
still in her apron, walks away with the chips. Was she right? Did you like that? Characters? I loved that. I thought that was a, a. I thought that was a beautifully written and thoughtful article, mm-hmm. and I never really got to say that to her face, and I'm really sorry about that mm-hmm. because she was. Uh, she's a fantastic writer, and she she's was just yeah. an, an incredible, incredible, thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. But um, but many people have uh, have referred to that article. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a documentary now with R.J. Cutler about my life. Oh wow! And uh, that's uh, that's a very important uh, piece of writing for mm-hmm. for us in this mm-hmm. documentary. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to focus on is is I've lived eight decades. Mm-hmm. That's a long time, mm-hmm. and many things happened in each decade. And mm-hmm. how did I fit into those decades? Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to your rein- your ability to reinvent yourself. Um, but I want to. I, I, we were missed if I didn't start. I want to finish this section. You made recently controversial comments about remote work. <laughs> I love them. I have to say, you said people can't quote possibly get everything done working two days remotely. You called France's thirty day policy stupid and said that's not a very thriving country. Should America go down the drain because people don't want to go back to work? You got a lot of backlash in part because women have gained some flexibility working at home and others know it's a privilege to be able to afford home care. Talk about this. Um because well, I think a lot of people agree with you. Yes. Many tech no, many, companies many, are now many companies agree with me. Many, many executives agree with me. Mm -hmm. Um, What I was talking about was more personal because we are a creative company. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are a collaborative, a collaboration Mm -hmm. company. We have Mm -hmm. to see each other, see what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it doesn't work on three days a week. Do you think any of the pushback is fair with people who want to, you know, basically you've worked from home your whole life because your work is your home. My home is my my home is my office. And it just happened to be that way. Mm -hmm. And we have people working with me mm-hmm. but but that's the way it is but i still go to new york to my office uh, mm-hmm. several t- days a week mm-hmm. i work i work about 18 hours a day mm-hmm. truthfully and uh, and I know how hard it is to work. I know mm-hmm. how hard it is to to manage a home, uh, make your husband happy or unhappy, uh, raise the child or the mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. I know how I, I've gone through all of that, mm-hmm. so I know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And yet, I admire so much someone like my mom, mm-hmm. who had six children, cooked all our meals mm-hmm. with a, the minute that the baby Laura was mm-hmm. five years old and in school full time. Mom went full time. I'm back to teaching sixth grade in a Nutley public school mm-hmm. and loved it. Mm-hmm. And and she just did it all. Right. Sewed all our clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, helped my father in the mm-hmm. garden, canned all the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. She did it all. Mm-hmm. And so what the heck? What are we complaining about? Right. So you, but is there, <laughs> what, what about people who can't afford childcare and things like that? She, we didn't have childcare. Right, right, right. You know, have have another child to take care of the other child. Right, right. And so when you say these things, are you I'll aware? I'll get in trouble for of, that. <laughs> no, yeah, that's okay. Um, we, we, one of the things you said is you should be able to call anybody anytime, even on weekends. You've been said after one of your new employees didn't take a call on Sunday because they were taking a bath, quote, new. I didn't want to work with that person. Um, you do talk about wellness with your audience. You're not Gwyneth Paltrow, let's be clear. Um, there are Something's changed at work. There's a lot of pushback from employees now to companies. I know Google seeing protests, all the companies that are they trying are. to get people. Oh, they are. So how, do, how does this resolve itself? 
I do Mars not, is like, get the fuck back I, to work. I do not get know. Get out of the bath. I do not know. But we're trying. We're trying hard to accommodate the this idea of flex work and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in some Your eyes just went up with flex work. Yeah, flex work. But that that's okay for accountants who have all the all the stuff on their computers. Mm-hmm. They have all the spreadsheets. They can do it all at home. Mm-hmm. And but do they do it all at home? You call and oh, they're out walking the dog mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to keep harping on it. Yeah, I, I am strongly You're standing by. I am yes, I am strongly, strongly in favor of getting back to work in a regular in a regular work week, which mm-hmm. was five days. Yeah. And uh and then if you are an entrepreneur, the work week doesn't end on Friday. It does not. Support for this show comes from Virgin Atlantic. Travel can be stressful. I don't think that's a controversial take. Sure, we all love taking a vacation and that moment we finally get a chance to relax, but we're always so focused on the destination that the journey just feels like a means to an end. Well, what if it wasn't? What if the time you spent getting there was just as enjoyable as the vacation itself? That's what Virgin Atlantic believes. That's why they offer loads of special extra touches that make your trip one to remember for all the best reasons. Picture this, you made it to the airport, checked in your bags, and finally have a moment to settle in before takeoff. If you're flying upper class, you could be putting your feet up in a Virgin Atlantic clubhouse at London Heathrow with food made fresh to order and champagne delivered straight to your table with a tap of a QR code. I mean, it's rude not to, right? Once you're in the air, the experience continues with deliciously different dining, seriously comfy seats, and the best crew in the sky by miles. Check out virginatlantic.com for your next trip and see the world differently. Support for this show comes from Ramp. Are you overwhelmed with managing your business expenses, vendor payments, and accounting? Is your finance software just not cutting it? Or maybe you're just looking to cut all that wasteful spending. Ramp could be a total game changer for you and your business. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Plus, Ramp is easy to use. You can get started, issue virtual and physical cards, and start making payments in less than 15 minutes, whether you have five employees or 5,000. Not only that, but Ramp can save you money. They estimated that businesses that use Ramp save an average of 5% the first year. And now you can get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash Kara, ramp.com slash Kara, R-A-M-P dot com slash Kara. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. So let's talk about your own reinvention. One of the things you've been applauded on in your career is your, your ability to reinvent yourself. And in 2004, you were convicted of felony charges in the Imclone Insider Trading case. You served five months in federal prison, had to resign as CEO of the company you'd built. Um, how do you look back on that now when you think about it? I, I look back on it as kind of a silly but serious um, infringement of a person's Rights. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's, it seems to me improbable that that could have happened. Mm-hmm. If 
I had had better advice if I had taken it more. I mean, I took it seriously, but mm -hmm. I didn't know how. But I didn't know the consequences. Right. I had no idea that that would make a, make such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And and remember, I was convicted of a crime of lying. Mm -hmm. Now that's very different from insider trading. I was not mm -hmm. an insider trader. Mm -hmm. I was I was a liar. Mm -hmm. And I have rarely lied in my life. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest lies I have ever told were to my husband when I told him that the price of the dress was $30 instead right. of $300. And okay. he didn't know what dresses cost. Mm -hmm. But that that is the biggest lie I ever told. It was insane. One of the things I always thought was that interesting that you're the only woman, oh, person that goes away for insider trading and all those men do it all the time. But it wasn't but, insider trading. I get it. But I mean, I mean talking it, about targeting. Yes. Did you feel targeted? Oh, I did. Uh -huh. I did. And I think I was. Uh -huh. Why? We, we will get into that yeah. in, the, in my autobiography okay. in a very serious way. So what are the implications? Uh, can we have a preview of that? Um, well, implications were not so serious. Mm -hmm. um, it it took me away from the the operations of the company mm -hmm. for a, a period of time. Mm -hmm. But when I left prison mm -hmm. at, at, after five months, we mm -hmm. called it Camp Alderson. Mm -hmm. um, it it's was in West Virginia. Yeah, I, I made the most of the time there. I I wrote a lot. I um, we, you know we had no computers or anything. We had not not much communication. We had a telephone that we could use, mm -hmm. um, and we had a very small stipend of money that we could spend on on um, evening activities like pottery mm -hmm. um, but my, my stock was at a new high mm. because people did not stop buying Martha Stewart product mm -hmm. it was still the very highest quality very very well liked um, the magazine was uh, very popular mm -hmm. um, and so when I came when I came back to New York and back mm -hmm. to the office it was like just coming home mm -hmm. I'd been away for a so it period didn't have of time. implications it, no it, it made did you not. more did it make you more popular? Uh, I think in some circles, yes. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, the conservative movement in America had just started mm -hmm. around that time. Mm -hmm. And those people sometimes looked at, askance at me. Mm -hmm. um, but, but no, it, it was generally okay. Mm -hmm. And so thank goodness, because mm -hmm. I did have a new CEO installed in the company, mm -hmm. one of my board members, uh, who was good at making deals and not so good at running the company. Mm -hmm. And it went, it went on like that for a period of time. I think I was five years without being able to be the CEO. I don't think it's going to be the case with Elizabeth Holmes, though. I don't think when she gets off. Don't uh, compare me to Elizabeth I will not. Holmes. I shall not. That is a very unfair comparison. <laughs> I, agree. I would agree. I would agree. Um, it, it, although I do, the only comparison I would make, it's interesting that only women seem to pay the price. There's a lot of Elizabeth Holmes-like characters floating around tech. Oh, of sure. course there are. Yeah. And she's the only one. Of course. Guilty as she may be yeah. in in that case. Not it, sympathetic. Not sympathetic. Yeah. Yes. Do you think you were not sympathetic? I was this pretty woman coming into, you know, in a, in a strange courtroom with strange jurors and really bad lawyers mm -hmm. that was just, it was impossible. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. But it didn't seem to slow you down. Um, I think the problem in tech is that no one rich and powerful is getting criticism from their inner circles. Um, you, you kind of have to fail to understand real life. Was that a moment for you? Did that teach you anything? Um, 
<laughs> it taught me that um, if life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Right, right. <laughs> That's all. It, what it's, was it, the lemonade then? The lemonade was keeping that company vibrant. Mm-hmm. I, I had a lot. I had a lot of, uh, of like revelations, mm-hmm. but not religious. Mm-hmm. Just revelations yes. that you had to. That I what? had to. Well, no, I had to uh, buckle down and and uh, and look around me and be be more careful with every single thing I did. Mm-hmm. I kind of lost my mojo in real estate. Mm-hmm. I was such a good real estate investor mm-hmm. originally, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it slowed me down mm-hmm. on that those things. But I focused on other things. Focused on other things, clearly. Yes. So talk about comebacks because one of the things that makes entrepreneurs is the ability, and you, I know you hate this word pivot, but to shift <laughs> uh, from from one thing to the other and take failure as an opportunity. You know? Well, again, I didn't fail at anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I, I just didn't fail right. at anything. Setbacks. About that. Uh, yeah, a, a momentary setback. Mm-hmm. It's in a long, well-lived life, mm-hmm. okay? But I was very happy to to uh, create more things. We, mm-hmm. we, we got new contracts. Um, Kmart, at the same time that all of this was happening, my fabulous contract with Kmart was coming to an end because of a man called Eddie Lampert. Oh, Eddie. Do you remember Eddie? Yes, I, I and do. Uh, Eddie wanted to keep me on, uh-huh. but with no royalty. Uh-huh. I, I, it was Sounds like, like Eddie Lampert. I, it, yeah, it was like the craziest deal on yeah. earth. Uh-huh. You know, Eddie, what can I, how can I not, how can I be designing for you and making product with no no royalty. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he he just laughed. Uh, I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh-huh. But um, I wanted to buy Kmart at the time that he bought it and mm-hmm. change it to K Martha. That oh. would have been a good what? idea. Wouldn't that have been great? <laughs> yes, why didn't you? K Martha. It would have been the best store because I really like mass market. What would market. that look like? What well, would K Martha look like? It would have been great. Right. And, you know, it, it, it would have just been so great. Mm-hmm. K Crew. We could have had all of J Crew in there. Uh-huh. K uh-huh. Crew. Right. Got I mean, it. It was a, it was, Kmart was a, that was the biggest retailer in America before Walmart and Target mm-hmm. when I signed up with them. Mm-hmm. And then they thus lost their way because of the, they didn't even know what inventory controls were in, mm-hmm. with the, with the, comp- new, the new computers. So you would like to be a commerce Oh, yeah. Mobile. Oh, of course I would have. I would have yeah. loved that. Um, but I, I loved having all my stuff in there. I still have all my Kmart product. I use mm-hmm. it all the time. It's mm-hmm. in all my houses. Mm-hmm. And then we went with Macy's, which also turned out to be a very good thing. But um, and then, oh, and then Mark Burnett came after prison, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. asked me to do The Apprentice, Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. on the on the. I watched it. Yes, mm-hmm. with Donald Trump mm-hmm. doing his Apprentice. Yes, tell me about that. Yeah, that was very interesting okay. because I had watched a lot of the Donald Trump apprentices and thought, you know, he's a, he's a bully. He's relying on uh, on a kind of a odd cast of characters, mm-hmm. um, and I thought I could do a very good Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't go to Mark Burnett. Mark Burnett came to me and mm-hmm. asked me. He changed my entire big office downtown into the home for the apprentices. Mm-hmm. They moved into my offices. I recall. They had bathrooms. They had kitchens. Mm-hmm. They lived there like apartments mm-hmm. in my 150,000-square-foot office. It was fantastic. Yeah. And um, and yet, I don't think I did a really great job mm-hmm. because I really I didn't pick Bethany Frankel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was one of my apprentices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She then went on to become, you know, yeah. pretty hot shot in TV and all yeah. those things. I didn't pick her because I couldn't stand her. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, and uh, likability uh, is not shouldn't no, be your goal. No, no, it was I just couldn't. And, yeah, and nothing against her personally. Yeah. Just, just 
I just didn't she like was her. on the on the apprentice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the girl, the girl we did, we did. She was entrepreneurial and and attractive mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. well spoken and everything. And she's she's done all right, but not mm-hmm. nothing like Bethany. Right. The whole yeah. thing was an hysteria. And I was supposed to. The big plan mm-hmm. was that I was hired by Mark Burnett mm-hmm. to fire Donald. Oh, okay. To say you're fired, just uh-huh. like he had said to hundreds of people right. during his uh-huh. his apprentice. I was to fire him and take over. Yeah. But he got wind of it, Mm -hmm. and he did not want to leave. So he would not be fired by Martha Stewart. No, he would not be. Uh, uh, What are your thoughts on him working with him? Um, we, I didn't really work with yeah, him. I was working with Mark fire. Burnett. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Donald would would come by. I remember him coming by in the finale, and you mm-hmm. know, like that around the place. Mm-hmm. But that's all. Mm-hmm. No, nothing much. Give any advice for him if he goes to prison? No, sorry. Let's just wait. <laughs> no, we're not going to no. talk about Donald Trump. Are, are, are you? Did you see it coming that he could be president? Um, no. No. no, I didn't think about it at that time. Mm-hmm. Not at that yeah, time. He was kind of a laughable figure in New York. Not at that time. He was yeah. not. Uh, he was not who he became. What do you imagine is going to happen to him next? Speaking of brands. Oh dear, I don't know. I think. Uh, I think he's. I think he looked extremely uncomfortable in his at his indictment. Mm-hmm. And that he's uh, not a happy man. Yeah. Not, I think in general, he's not a happy man. So let's talk about happiness, though. You, as you know, talking about reinvention, you start off as a perfect homemaker. Um, you've had a lot of partners, and one of the ones that I think people are intrigued by is you and Snoop Dogg. Um, it, it's worked out really well. It's worked out really well. It oh yeah, Snoop and I just talk hit, about that. You, well, I, we you hit two it are friends, off. right? We hit it off at my sh- on my show originally. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I. And my daily show um, that that I had for I think six or eight years, um, I liked rap music. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued by uh, by the performers, mm-hmm. by the ushers, the Puff Daddies, the mm-hmm. the Snoop Dogs. I really, uh, I really kind of liked their characters. Why? Um, I just, they were they were to me kind of the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in entertainment, mm-hmm. and I was I was right about that. And mm-hmm. and P- uh, Puff Daddy now P Diddy now whatever he had a house out in East Hampton. He had a big white party every year mm-hmm. I went to. I, we had so much fun at his parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a likable, very smart mm-hmm. businessman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usher was charming and talented. Um, Snoop was charming and funny, and uh, and he and, you know he was just an odd odd character. Mm-hmm. I I thought he was much older than he was. He was forty when I first met him. Did, did it start off in a as a business play? To, to no, 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 no. I just liked him, and I invited him on the show, and we made brownies and talked you know, silly, silly talk about mm-hmm. about pot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we were invited. Both of us were invited. Just just I think by the producer of the um, Comedy Central Justin Bieber roast, mm-hmm. and that's where I I got to really know him because for two days we were we were rehearsing, mm-hmm. and then on, on the day of the roast um, we had to sit next to each other for hours and hours in, mm-hmm. in rehearsal um and uh we we just talked and laughed and soup smoked the whole day and i was just flying high because of secondhand smoke it, yeah, and uh <laughs> and i just i had the best time with that with that roast uh-huh. and i was applauded for it people mm-hmm. and i was told by susan magrino by mm-hmm. my company by the mm-hmm. ceo by everybody do not go and do that roast mm-hmm. even my daughter said mom don't do the roast right you know, just you're uncool. You know, well, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it turned out I was really cool. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was a moment. It, you know, the partnership it, it feels it was, authentic. It was, it was the move was 
was not calculated in any way. I just, I like experiences. I like mm-hmm. to try new things. Who do you else do you want to collaborate with? Who are you interested in now since you seem to see the future? Um, I don't, I, I haven't thought about that um, right now. I've been so busy doing this new, the new Roku show and the, and other, uh, other business opportunities. You were in NFTs too, right? Or oh, you yeah. started selling these in 2021? Yeah, well, immediately, immediately we sold some of my photographs, some of my Halloween costume photographs mm-hmm. as NFTs and they were, they mm-hmm. were successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel sorry for the people who own them right now with the, yeah, with, with the, the decline in the cryptocurrency But world. you just want to jump in and try it. I do. I, I I think you have to be where it's happening. Um, you have a store with Amazon. Did you um, strike that partnership with Bezos? No, it's, uh-huh. it wasn't with Bezos. It's with the new management. With the of new course. management, and, and and they're very are, are you worried very about enthusiastic. That? Are you worried about it? So many people who have brands are worried about being on Amazon for all kinds of reasons. Um, well, as retailers get mm-hmm. less and less exciting, mm-hmm. and there are many of them less and less and less. I mean, Macy's is is in trouble, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a very good outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, many other stores don't want brands; they want they want their own brands, in house right. brands. Mm-hmm. So. So you have to find the right place to be at the right time. Right. And uh, and Amazon has, has always been a, I remember taking Jeff around my office mm-hmm. early on mm-hmm. and saying, Jeff, we should be your home. Mm-hmm. We should be home on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, and he wasn't focused on it. Right. He didn't. He wasn't thinking home at that time. Mm-hmm. It was. He was still in books. He was still just starting to get into merchandising, to music, and stuff. And yeah. yeah. And uh, and that was a, that was a shame because that would have been like. That that would have been the end all. So it would be Marthazon, <laughs> or Amazon. I don't. Martha. I don't quite have that expectation. Right, that doesn't work as well as no, K Martha, which is my favorite thing I've ever heard in my life right now. <laughs> um, so let's finish up talking about Sports Illustrated. It said it's taken a lot of attention, but you look fantastic, uh, if I may say. Um, did they pay you to do that, or what? Oh, how, how does no. that work out? How no, does that they, explain us? Because I don't know too no, many supermodels. Sports Martha, Illustrated is in the media business mm-hmm. of magazines. Right. Uh, this is the 59th year mm-hmm. of Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, right. which has traditionally been their biggest selling sure, issue. One hundred percent. I mean, Sports Illustrated is basically a male audience. Yeah. And they they created this swimsuit yeah. issue 60 years ago to appeal to men mm-hmm. uh, more skin the better less you know less coverage the better mm-hmm. sexy sexy and uh and it's changed a little bit over the years and especially this year because mm-hmm. i'm the oldest person ever to grace that cover yes, you have. but um they they called in november and asked if i would do it and what I, did you say when the call I, came? I said, uh, well, it was it was at the behest. I think um, MJ Day is the editor in mm-hmm. chief of the of the magazine mm-hmm. of that swimsuit issue, mm-hmm. and uh, she's always liked me. She said, and she thought I would be a good cover model. Mm-hmm. So um, people know you were a model. Oh yes, early yeah. in your life. Yeah, yeah. and I, I started modeling when I was like thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. But I so I'm comfortable in front of a camera, and mm-hmm. I've been on many magazine covers and mm-hmm. my own covers, whatever. But I I was a little nervous because was I you know, was I fit enough to be in a, in mm-hmm. a bathing suit on the cover of the mm-hmm. magazine? So I went on a strict 
uh, eating regimen mm-hmm. and a very strict Pilates exercise <laughs> regimen. Mm-hmm. And I went down to the Dominican and uh, and just did it. Just did it. Yeah. Just did it. You uh, I got a he- spray tan for yeah. the first time oh, in how years. Was that? How was that? Oh, it was okay. You have to stand there like naked in a yes. tent. Yeah, yeah. And they spray you. They do. But it, it looks good. It looks yeah. really good. Yeah. And then I also had to, um, what else did I have to do? Oh, first I had to get all waxed. You know, they're home, you have to wax your whole body. And then you have to get your hair. Because women don't have hair. Uh, no, no, you cannot have any hair, <laughs> and you, uh, you hair on your head, of course. Yeah. What's the feedback you've gotten over it? But Susan Magrino just told me today it's in between ninety and a hundred billion impressions, and the feedback has been large. And they positive. went back for a reprint on my cover. There were four cover, wow. co- yeah. four cover models, and so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. People really want the cover. I'm signing a lot of covers. I get them in the magazine, in the mail every day, mm-hmm. carefully wrapped FedEx Can from you sign from it? fans, and I sign them and send them back. Um, really, with wow. self stamped, self addressed envelopes. Of course, mm-hmm. they're very polite. These uh-huh. these fans are so polite, um, so that's it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And and what it and women have come up to me every day and just said, "You made me feel really good about myself." Mm-hmm. And uh, and even Gail King wrote to me, and I said, next "Even year, Gail King." <laughs> I said, "Next year, you, Gail." Yeah, right. So one of the things you, headlines pointed out that at eighty one, you're the oldest woman to be on the cover, as you said. But you told the Today Show the whole aging thing is so boring. It is. It's very boring, and it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't talk about aging. I talk about living. Mm-hmm. Um, I started a hospital at Mount Sinai called the Martha Stewart Center for Living, mm-hmm. not for aging, mm-hmm. even though it is a geriatric-centered center for patients over 65 years old. Mm-hmm. But it's about living. So. I, I presumably you're not going to retire, correct? Because you think aging. I don't is know what retirement is. Right. I, I have never considered retiring. Mm-hmm. Have you? No, no, no. I'm going to die. It's not in your DNA. No. And uh, my mom didn't retire. She was still babysitting in her 90s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and trusted, a trusted mm-hmm. babysitter. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to do whatever I want to do for as long as I can do it. You mentioned that, that you're having R.J. Cutler, Netflix documentary coming out about your life. In making that doc, you must be thinking about legacy. What do you think your legacy will be? Oh, it's hard to hard to tell at this present time other than uh, as a uh, a really good teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of good ideas that have certainly helped millions and millions of people get through the everyday. And earlier we talked about perfection, which is your favorite word, um, and about whether women can have it all. Do you think you have it all? You have a very nice house, by the way. Oh, this is just, this is not not my house. Oh, I know. This is a small house where I would live in very happily for the rest of my life. This is is our guest house. I get it, Martha. I'm just saying. We feel like schlubs just being here, I have to say. you do not. Your bowl collection alone has shamed us. Oh, isn't it great? Um, But is there anything missing in your life? Um, I have a pretty full life. I have a pretty active life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only thing I really, really miss is more travel. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to travel more. And uh, I recently got back from a fantastic trip to Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. which was unusual and well done mm-hmm. and uh, and very informative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to Madagascar for Christmas with my grandchildren mm-hmm. and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before was Antarctica. The year before that Oh, so was, you do travel. <laughs> oh, yeah, but not enough. I want to do really? more travel. But I don't want to go to places I've already been. I want to go that. other places. All right. So, Martha AI? Yes. I'm on my way. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Martha. You.
It's been a delight. It's been a delight. She was unapologetically perfect. That she Martha. is. I love that. She didn't back down on anything. She Remote did work. It. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, says Martha. Get into the office. I'm there. And she is. That's the thing she does. You can't work. take care of your children. Have another child. <laughs> another child to take care of your children. You know, I we I also struggle with this work from home thing. From my perspective, work from wherever, but work. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge. And I think it's become a thing that isn't, it's not about work from home, it's about work. It's about that they think they work too much. And that's a different thing. And then you have to make decisions for yourself, for sure. But and Martha Stewart works all the time, let's be clear. She works all the time. In this house, you can see that. By the way, <laughs> if you work a lot, you can have a house like this. That's right, And then correct. you can work from home. You know, and I work a lot and I don't have a house like this, so I don't know what you're you talking about. You have a pretty nice house, Not Cara. like this house. Yeah, this house We're is in very Martha fancy. Stewart's house. We're going to say that, yes. Yeah. I mean, she is a force. And I appreciate that she's authentic and she says what she mm-hmm. thinks. Because in that world of perfection, and she kind of mentioned, I didn't fail. You yeah. know, but you could try to smooth over everything, paper over everything. She definitely doesn't do that. She reminds me a lot of tech entrepreneurs. And she was a techie because she had that attitude, like, just keep going. And I think that's her. She drove and drove and drove. And you could see that from the very beginning of her career was constantly achieving. And just having a drive and an ambition that met together. You can often have ambition without drive and it never works. And she has both. That's why she's constantly reinvented herself, despite what are clear setbacks. Notice she didn't like the word fail. She didn't. She said, I didn't fail. It's not perfect. To fail. But she has had what one would consider failures, and she doesn't see them as that. And that's often what you see in entrepreneurs. It's not a failure, yeah. it's a setback, or it's a pivot, or even though she doesn't like that word. She's got the soul of an entrepreneur, for sure. Yeah. I love that story of her taking the money from the Kmart deal and yeah. buying out the OK guys yeah. from time. Yeah. Like, I can picture it in an Italian leather bag. And people didn't do that. I think yeah. to appreciate what she did at the time. She was often pilloried for being aggressive and grabby and mm. because she was a woman. And I remember hearing that. I'm like, what's so grabby about she made it? She should do it. Yeah. Including the complaints about like, she's too perfect. I'm like, well, then don't look at it. Like I, I used to think, okay, so. But I liked her, her rationale for that. It's like, not everyone maybe can make this cake, but you could know how to, you could, you could know, know how to make that cake. someone near you could. And yeah. so that was, you know, she's unapologetic. It's yeah. a very good way of putting it. And yet she also did seem to care about being liked. I mean, she mentioned mm-hmm. if you don't get liked, what good are you? And Here's who she likes is her audience. Her fans and audience is who she likes. She noted that her fans are very polite. She minds her fans. And I think she's almost populist in a weird way. And not unlike a lot of people like that, is mm-hmm. that they don't care about the critics. They care about their fans yeah. and, their, and whatever they're making for the people that consume their stuff. She's resilient. Her brand has been resilient. She just does what she does, and she does it beautifully. And you can either like it or not. And I do think she got a lot of things very early right about genuineness or mm-hmm. authenticity. I think she got it on excellence. I think she got it on fan base. She was always super early to ideas and she's not scared of new ideas at all. And I think very few people in media have the openness that she does. And that's why I've always liked Martha. When you think about meeting her for that first time and kind of knowing her over the many years, her attending code in the Mm -hmm. early aughts to now, she's the same? She's the same. She's the same. The first thing I said to her is, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, what? <laughs> like, because everyone sort of walked around her because nobody mm. wanted to go up to her. But I went right up to her. I, re- I had our Swear magazine. at the store. Yes, I swore at her. I just but- say, I for a second took my glass off the coaster. Oh, okay. You thought, Martha, oh, Martha no. picked it up and put it back. Oh, did she? <laughs> she picked um, it up and put it back. Uh, I was surprised she was there, but she was yeah. curious. And, and, and nobody else was. So let me say, yeah. she was there 
She did the work. I love that she was early on to tech. And I think Martha AI, mm-hmm. she's great idea. Do it. Great idea. It's a great idea. I mean, if I could be in my kitchen talking to she's Martha got AI. So much content. She has so much good content. I remember when I think it was Time started mm-hmm. Real Simple, which is sort of a knockoff of Martha. I'm sure she was furious. I didn't ask her about it. I used to call uh, Really Simply Stupid because mm-hmm. it was all stupid things. It's like, you should take bleach to make things white. And I was like, Martha would not do this. <laughs> like, I think a lot of influencers and people like that owe a debt of gratitude to someone like her. There's several people like her that didn't have the tools at the time. But if she was 20 years old today, she'd be a TikTok star. Yeah. I mean, she helped create a category that has become the defining category. Influencer and and fan base. Also, home. Home. Home has become a huge category in a big way. But she's got to get that Martha AI before someone else does it. people like her because, you know, get to an old lady position in life, as I am moving into. I'm moving into it. People tend to like you better. And she's playing that well. Yeah. She's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to hip old lady. People don't like young ladies. I can Mm -hmm. tell you that. They do Mm -hmm. not like young ladies. She's getting into that hip old lady territory. She has to do the Martha AI before someone else does it because- She'll do it. Don't worry. But that's Esther Perel, a friend of ours. Someone went rogue and made an Esther Bot. Well, they're going to get sued. AI. They're going to get sued. It's kind so, of quietly. Yeah. But it's a better idea than K Martha, that Martha AI. I, I love K Martha. Really? Like, who would have thought K of that? Martha. Her. She, she thought of that. She would have thought of that. She yeah. is creative. And I mean, she's yeah, always she working. Came up with 10 she ideas said. here. I know. It's really interesting. I'm yeah. going to have to go monetize some of them yeah. right now. <laughs> All right. You want to read us out? Yes. Here from the beautiful guest house of Martha Stewart, <laughs> which is just not the real house. It's the tiny, uh, tiny But it's guest a good house. thing. Today's show was produced by Naima Raza, Blakeney Schick, Christian Castro-Rossell, Megan Cunane, and Megan Burney. Special thanks to Mary Mathis. Our engineers are Fernando Aruda and Rick Kwan. Our theme music is by Trackademics. If you're already following the show, you get an avocado. If not, you're stuck in aisle eight of K Martha. Go wherever you listen to podcasts, search for On with Kara Swisher, and hit follow. Thanks for listening to On with Kara Swisher from New York Magazine, the Vox Media Podcast Network, and us. How do we just stay in this house forever? We're going to just stay. We're not leaving. We're not leaving. This house is much better than my apartment. (laughs) We're going to be squatters at Martha Stewart's estate in Bedford, New York. It'd be odd when our guests come here for tapings, but it's okay. (laughs) 